Thank you for listening to this teaching from the prayer room. For more teachings, notes, downloads, or to subscribe to our podcast, as well as information about who we are and our upcoming events, visit our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. This is the book of Revelation, session 43, when the sky recedes like a scroll. You go, we're going to do a whole session talking about the sky receding like a scroll. I can't wait for us to do a whole series on the sky receding like a scroll. But tonight we'll get started with this session. Now, before we touch on that phrase, the sky receding like a scroll or rolling up like a scroll, it actually reads both ways depending on what passage of the Word of God you're in. (laughs) But before we touch on that, I want to touch on another subject that we'll find out is closely related But I want to talk on another subject for just a minute that Jesus spoke about regarding, let's define this term Jesus used, the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. The sign of the Son of Man appearing in the heavens. Let's talk about that term for a minute because I feel pretty sure we have the wrong idea of what that term means. Okay? I think it's probably the case, I just... It's just a normal, I mean, unless you like are really staring at end time details for a while, there's so many of them that you wouldn't at a first glance or second or 10th glance necessarily read into unless you've really kind of been staring at it for a minute. So I think it's probably pretty normal that most of us, if we were asked the question right now, what is the sign of the son of man appearing in the heavens? I think most of us would probably answer, you know, the second coming. When Jesus appears in the sky, that's not true. That is not what that is. So let's look at it, because that's a pretty bold statement to make, right? So let's look at what this sign of the Son of Man appearing in the heavens is. Uh, The Son, here's Jesus who gives us this phrase in Matthew 24, 29 through 30. Jesus said, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, The stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. All right. Now, to give us a little bit of a background here to try to understand this, Jesus frequently used this term, the Son of Man, to describe himself. Uh, In fact, he used it of himself more than any other term that he used to identify himself. He used it over 75 times in the Gospels, okay? That's a bit of an interesting term because there were so many terms he could have chosen to be the big one, like son of David. I mean, he used that, but not many times. Uh, He used this term son of man over 75 times in the Gospels. Nothing is even close to a second place to that. It's the term that he primarily used about himself. Now, this is an Old Testament term that was definitely alluding to the fact of the coming Messiah. But sometimes it would be used of a prophet. Sometimes it would even be used to describe the anointed leader of, uh, of, the, of Jehovah, so perhaps the king. Uh, but it, in all contexts, it, it was a shadow. It was, a, it was speaking forth. It was prophesying about the coming messianic leader. Okay, So this is the term that Jesus most used to define himself. So he spoke of himself frequently as the son of man. 
All right? I gave you a couple of verses there, one in Psalm 80. Let your hand rest on the man at your right hand, the son of man you have raised up for yourself. Daniel 7, in my vision at night I looked and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He was given authority, glory, sovereign power. All nations and people in every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away and his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. The Messiah coming, okay? So this is the term that Jesus used to describe himself. All right. Now, let's talk about this term, though, the sign of the Son of Man. Because he doesn't say you'll see the Son of Man appearing in the heaven. He says you'll see the sign of the Son of Man appearing in the heaven. Now, context is important. Jesus, before he gives us this statement, the sign of the Son of Man, just got done teaching on the signs of the times. It's Matthew 24. He, he was asked, what will be the sign of your coming? And then he gives them several signs. He describes earthquakes, famines, that kind of thing. Okay? He just got done giving a teaching on the signs of the times in answer to the question, what will be the sign of your coming? We want to know, how are we going to know when it's about to be time for you to appear in the sky? What are, what's the sign? And Jesus said, I'll give you signs. I'll give you more than one. You asked for one, I'll give you many. But even then, in answering the question, signs point to something. Signs in themselves aren't the big deal. Signs are indicating something. Signs are pointing to something. So when you see the earthquakes and the famines and these things, that's not Jesus appearing. It's a sign that Jesus will appear soon. Those are the signs indicating his soon coming. And Jesus bottom lines and goes, but you want to know the really big one? You want to know the really big sign? You'll know I'm coming soon when you see the sign of the Son of Man appear in the heavens. That's when you'll know I'm for real close. That's how you'll know. That's the context of Matthew chapter 24. So, let's look at this. Defining the sign. Let's look at two passages side by side. Revelation 6, because we're going to talk tonight actually about uh, this subject of the sky being rolled back like a scroll. Okay, that's Revelation 6. But let's also look at the Matthew 24, 29 through 30, that we just read it about the Son of Man. Okay, well, let's read them side by side. This is Matthew 24. The sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. But now let's read Revelation chapter 6 because it says the exact same thing. The stars in the sky will, uh, fell to earth as a fig drops from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The heavens receded like a scroll being rolled up, and the kings of the earth hid in caves and called, Hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. So, in Matthew 24, Jesus says, There's a future event which will take place in the sky preceding his coming, which he defines as the sign of the Son of Man appearing in heaven. He just finds it. He calls it the sign of the Son of Man appearing in heaven. Okay? And then we read in Revelation chapter 6, the same context, the, this whole, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky. Revelation 6 says, the stars fell to the earth as a fig's uh, dropped from a fig tree. Their heavens receded like a scroll. He's describing these, these signs in the, in the heavens, both in chapter uh, Matthew 24 and also in Revelation 6. Okay. 
Let me describe to you what's happening here in Revelation chapter 6. This, in my opinion, is one of the most power-packed phrases in the entire book of Revelation. I believe what is being described, what's, we're given just a little window, we're given this phrase, the sky recedes like a scroll. Think about a scroll being rolled up. So a scroll is rolled out, and then someone rolls up the scroll. We're being told in Revelation chapter 6, the sky does that. The sky, it's like God's fingers just puncture the atmosphere and then start rolling the sky back like it's a scroll being rolled up. Friends, this is the craziest thing you've ever heard. This is the wildest thing you have ever heard. The, the water turning to blood, we've already got a little bit of a framework for because of the exodus. The sky rolling up like a scroll is new. But in Revelation chapter 6, when the sky rolls up like a scroll, something happens. All the kings of the earth freak out of their mind and say, look, it's God on his throne and the lamb, and this we're experiencing is the wrath of the lamb. What happens in Revelation chapter 6 is more than an open vision. Revelation chapter 6 describes a breach between earth and heaven, the city of heaven. It describes a portal. It describes a window. God sticks his fingers through the atmosphere and rolls the sky up like a scroll. And whatever, whatever spance of sky that occupies is now a window from planet earth into heaven. And who is in heaven? Jesus. At the throne. And even the angry lost dudes on the planet know that it's Jesus. They can see him with their eyes. They're seeing him and they're going, look! The Lamb of God! And he is ticked! Okay? They, they get really good theology in this moment. Okay? We need to understand that what is happening here in Revelation chapter 6 is unlike anything we've ever heard of before or experienced before. It is so drastically different, drastically different than anything else that has ever happened in human history. This is the most definitive sign imaginable. Because all the other signs Jesus told us about ahead of time, but it still required a spirit of faith. Earthquakes, famines, false Christs. Jesus said, these are signs that I'll be coming soon. But when the sky is ruled back and everybody lost and saved requires zero faith to see Jesus with their eyes in the heavens. They will see this and they will know this is the sign of the Son of Man soon coming. They will see it with their eyes and everybody's going to freak out and they are going to freak 
It is going to be the most definitive sign of the list of Jesus' signs. It is going to be the most definitive sign imaginable because it's unmistakable. Those that didn't know the signs of the times will still see this and know exactly what's happening. They'll know who's in charge, what's happening, who's behind it, what's going on. This is the game-changing moment in the book of Revelation related to the understanding of the planet and what is actually occurring in the end-time drama because the mystery is gone. The mystery is solved it's the lamb and the wrath of the lamb of which we are all being inflicted. The, the lost world will be crying out. This is the most dramatic event imaginable. Furthermore, this dramatic event then impacts every detail of the storyline after this moment. Because I'll just give you a sneak preview once that sky is rolled back like a scroll, there is no indication anywhere that it is un that way, that it is rolled back out and the sky is normal again. In fact, there's a lot of indication the exact opposite, that once it's rolled back, it remains rolled back, meaning a window into heaven all the way. This is a game-changing reality for the planet. The sky rolling back like a scroll. Let's just read it. Revelation 6, 14. The heavens receded like a scroll being rolled up. This is an unprecedented event. I mean, as best as we know, nothing like this has ever happened before in human history. We don't have anything to compare this to. As best you, the best comparison you could come up with, actually, is the Garden of Eden, where heaven and earth had, like, cohesion. Because what you're looking at here is actually the part of the hostile takeover of the kingdom of God to planet Earth. What you're looking at here is actually the beginning steps. It's not the millennial reign. It's the beginning steps of breaking the gap, breaching the gap between heaven and Earth. It begins happening in this window that's created as the sky recedes back like a scroll. And all of a sudden, an a open reality, a vision, is being able to see into heaven. Now, when the sky is rolled back, and I, again, I think this is like an open vision, but it's not a vision a person is experiencing. It's an open vision that's actually occurring. It's like everybody's getting the same open vision, but it's because it's real. It's not a vision. But... We've never experienced anything like this before, so the framework is going to be a little trippy. Uh, the circuits are going to be misfiring because when you have an open vision, and I've heard of people having open visions of heaven. This isn't that. This is an open open of heaven. This is an open door. This is, this is something different. And we know that it's something different because the response of the wicked... When this event happens, the very next phrases in the book of Revelation are the wicked of the earth, the most powerful men of the earth, the kings and the, the nation's leaders, the economic leaders, the most powerful people on the earth, right after this sky is uh, rolled back like a scroll, they respond, look, the, the, the God, God on the throne and the wrath of the lamb hide us from this man. 
That's their response. Heaven became very, very real to them in one moment. Judgment became very real. Big God became very real. Heaven, hell, the storyline, salvation, the judgments and the source of the judgments. It all became very, very real. And the way that it became very real is not because these guys went to a Sunday school Bible study class. They had Sunday school come to them. They were walking around doing whatever they were doing and suddenly the sky recedes back like a scroll and now allows an open window into the heavenly realm, into heaven. I mean, we need to be thinking of heaven as a geographic location in the universe. Okay, it is not a fake place or a mythical place or a floaty place. It's a real place. It's more real than you and me. It was here before we were. It was here before the earth. Okay, God had a home before he made this place. It's a very real place, but there's some sort of chasm that has been fixed between us and him. And that chasm gets the, the, the relationship of heaven and earth shifts dramatically in Revelation chapter 6 with the sky receding back like a scroll. All right. Once the sky opens, it stays open. In fact, we actually see in the Matthew chapter 24 verse where Jesus said, you'll see the sign of the Son of Man appearing in the heaven. He says this, and then, then means something else happens after that. That's what then means. And then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. First appears the sign. And if that sign is the sky being rolled back like a scroll, now for some period of time, all of humanity is able to peer into heaven and is wondering, what happens next? What happens next? What happens next? And eventually, when the time is right, at the seventh trumpet, when Jesus comes, he comes through that hole, riding on clouds from heaven. It says he comes riding on the clouds of heaven. The clouds of heaven are coming into the atmosphere of the, the clouds of earth. He's riding through that hole. We, we saw a, a breach in, in geography shift where heaven was far away and now all of a sudden there is no travel time between heaven and earth. When Jesus comes, he doesn't just appear somewhere somehow. He's in heaven and one second later, he's in our atmosphere. How does that happen? Because there's been this open vision between earth and heaven. Let's keep going. Revelation uh, uh, number three. Top of page, or bottom of page three. The sky will roll up like a scroll in real life. I want you to think about this. This will, have a, this will happen on an actual day. I mean, it's a Tuesday afternoon at three o'clock, and all of a sudden, everything changes. The sky recedes back like a scroll being rolled up. I mean, the thought, the, the, even the language, recedes like a scroll. Uh, uh, Isaiah actually says, rolls up like a scroll. There is going to be some aspect of sky rolling. I mean, it's not just window. Poof, window. There is some version of cutting into the atmosphere and creating some sort of a sheet <laughs> that can then be rolled because that's what's described by both John in Revelation and also by Isaiah in the book of Isaiah. Both of them see this scene. 
And they freak out. And they're writing it down like, I don't even, it's like the sky turned into scrolling, rollings up and stuff coming through. They don't even know what to do with this. This is going to happen for real. Really. And when it does, it will be the greatest sign of the coming of the Son of Man. Let's look here. Revelation chapter 6, 14 through 17. I want us to read the passage in its entirety so that we can start to understand where else it's been talked about. Revelation 6, 14. The heavens receded like a scroll being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and everyone else, both slave and free, hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. Why are they hiding? They called to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Where did they get such good theology? For the great day of their wrath has come and who can withstand it? The mightiest men, the kings, and it says the mighty, you know, everyone else, the generals, the rich, the strongest men of the planet all universally have good theology in a moment. This is God, and he is ticked, and he's coming for us. Hide. Hide. They're freaking out. They don't know what else to do. Repentance doesn't seem like a good enough idea at the time. It's just hide. That's what we need to do. We need to hide. Now, at this point, all of these men will have taken the mark of the beast. All of those in the positions of richness and authority. We know that from a bunch of other passages. We'll cover that when we get to Revelation 13, when we get to Revelation 17 and 18. But all of these men, the rich, the well-to-do, the nation's leaders, they will be wicked. They will not be repentant. They will have taken the mark of the beast. They will have revelation of who it is that's, that's coming soon. They will see him with their eyes, and they will say, let's hide, for the great day of their wrath has come. Isaiah saw the same thing. Isaiah 34, verse 4. Part A here on page 4. All the stars in the sky will be dissolved, and the heavens rolled up like a scroll. There it is. All the starry hosts will fall like withered leaves from the vine, like shriveled figs from a fig tree. Hosea saw all the kings call out to the mountains. Really? Yeah, look at it. Hosea 10, verse 8. Then they will say to the mountains, cover us, and to the hills, fall on us. Jesus quoted this same passage out of Isaiah, I'm, I'm sorry, out of Hosea in Luke chapter 23. For the time will come when you will say, blessed are the childless women and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. It's the same language that we just read in Revelation chapter 6, these these earth leaders, the most powerful men of the earth, it's not that they said, oh, we just hope we die quick. They specifically say, Mount Hyde and mountains and rocks fall on us. It's this exact language from Hosea, and it's what Jesus quoted. Isaiah saw men hiding from God's terrifying presence in relationship to this same concept. Isaiah 2 and Isaiah uh, uh, 9 through 12, and also 19, bottom of page 4. So people will be brought low and everyone humbled. Do not forgive them. Go into the rocks, hide in the ground from the fearful presence of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty. Let me tell you what they're seeing 
in Revelation chapter 6, when the sky recedes like a scroll, they are seeing the fearful presence of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty. The eyes of the arrogant will be humbled and human pride brought low. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. All the exalted dudes, the owners of the Fortune 500 companies, they're going to hide in caves on the day where he alone will be exalted and even from the mouths of the wicked they will proclaim, that's the lamb. And his wrath has come against us. They will be giving him glory. Every knee bow, tongue confess. This is part of that in actuality, okay? The Lord alone be exalted in that day. The Lord Almighty has a day in store for all the proud and lofty, for those that are exalted. Look a little bit later in chapter 2, bottom of page uh, 4. People will flee to caves in the rocks and holes in the ground from the fearful presence of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty when he rises to shake the earth. This is not a figurative concept. This is an exact detail of what is really going to occur on a Tuesday. It's a real day. This will really happen on a real day of the week at a real time when everybody else thought that they were going to be doing something else at that time. Also look a little bit later, top of page five. They will flee to caverns in the rocks and to overhanging crags from the fearful presence of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty when he rises to shake the earth. Three times. Boom, boom, boom. It's definitive. There is going to be something that is going to happen that is going to cause the kings and the generals to run away into caves and it's going to be related to the sky receding back like a scroll when Jesus said... You will look into the heavens and you will see the sign of the Son of Man appearing. I believe quite definitively this is what he was talking about. Because he doesn't come yet. He leaves this ominous open vision for the earth to actually see and experience the following activities of heaven's relationship to the earth, which includes the seven angels being given the seven trumpets and then the seven angels being given the seven bowls of wrath hide us from the lamb, from the wrath of the lamb. I have a day of wrath in store, the day of wrath, the seven bowls of wrath. I believe very clearly what's going to occur. When Revelation chapter 6 happens, which is the sixth seal, you still have a seventh seal you still have seven trumpets and you still have seven bowls of wrath. But now what you have is a television screen in the sky for every news reporter, if they so choose, to report day-to-day -day activities of what's happening in heaven. Day-to-day -day activities of the wrath of the land. Is he standing or sitting? Oh, I hope he's sitting. Oh, Lord, let him sit. Let him sit. Is he standing? He's sitting. What are those seven angels? Why is he giving them trumpets? Why do they have trumpets? Why do they have trumpets? Oh my gosh, he just blew a trumpet. What just happened? And then these angels are coming through that hole and they're blowing the trumpets into the atmosphere of the earth. And as each of these trumpets, they're seeing the archangels being given the trumpets. At least there's the opportunity for it because all that activity is happening around the throne. And that's the scene these guys on earth are seeing. They're seeing Jesus on the throne. So when the seven archangels walk up to Jesus sitting at the throne and Jesus is giving them these trumpets or giving them the bulls of wrath, it's happening in the same scene that the wicked of the earth are hiding in caves because they can see it. This changes 
the way that the world will interact with heaven from Revelation chapter 6, verse 14 onward in the rest of the storyline. Because from this point forward, the earth will have a very interesting window into heaven. I'm going to try to wrap this up real quick, and then we'll break into discussion groups. After the sky recedes like a scroll, there is no point where it ever says that that, uh, that scroll hole, I don't know what to call it, scroll hole, gets filled back in or scroll rolled back out or whatever. It, it never says that. Instead, we have phrases like in Revelation chapter 19, when we see Jesus coming, this is the second coming. Jesus, Revelation chapter 19, he's got a sword. He's got the armies of heaven behind him. We know kind of that passage a little bit. You kind of got that picture. It says this, Revelation 19, 11 through 14. I saw heaven standing open. Well, that's been the case since Revelation chapter 6. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider was called Faithful and True. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Following him from where? From where he was one minute ago. Where was he one minute ago? In heaven. But I saw heaven standing open. See, what's happening here in Revelation chapter 6 is the beginning of the procession. What's occurring, it's all the, the lineup. It's all the pre-work. In Revelation chapter 6, when the scroll rolls back and now there's this open window, it's through that window, because we don't imagine how big it is, but I'm telling you what, it's bigger than this room by a long shot. It's big, okay? Furthermore, the people on the earth are able to see Jesus through it. Okay, so this has got to be it's got to be low enough they can see through. It's got to be clear enough. It's got to be big enough. There's a lot of enoughs to be able to play into the scenario. And here's what we have at the second coming. Uh, I'm at top of page D. I'm sorry, top of page six, letter D. Jesus comes through that hole. Ma uh, Matthew 24, 30. All the people of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Matthew 26, 64. From now on, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Revelation 19, 14. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is named Faithful and True. The armies of heaven were following him on, uh, riding on white horses, dressed fine linen, white and clean. They're on white horses, on clouds from heaven, but the, those clouds from heaven, pay attention, Clouds from heaven, heaven clouds, is what they're riding to the planet. They're coming from heaven to the planet through the sky, through what is described in Revelation 19 as, I saw heaven standing open. Again, it's the same thing that we see in Revelation chapter 6. Here's what I want to tell you. I want for you to go look at all these verses. Like really look at them. Chew on these verses. Don't believe it because I said it. Come to your own conclusions. But is this not the most fascinating concept you've ever heard of? See, here's what I want to tell you. The book of Revelation and the study of the end times is the most wild, exciting journey you could possibly imagine. The thought of exhausting understanding about the second coming the thought of getting to the end of, oh, we don't have anything more to learn. There's nothing more to talk about. There are so many details and ideas like this 
that you've never even thought of before, that I've never seen before, that when you start to look at the details, you put the verses together, you go, oh my gosh, we are in the summer before kindergarten in our understanding of Revelation and the things that are coming. I want to encourage you, read, study, fast, and pray for insight. It is an hour, and we're going to end with this, and we'll get into groups in a second. It is an hour, Daniel chapter 12, where the scroll, oddly enough, it's a scroll again, where the scroll was, Daniel was told, seal up the scroll of end time revelation until the time of the end. What does that mean? It means at the time of the end, the scroll of understanding related to end time revelation will be unrolled, which will mean it's available again. We're in the time where revelation about the second coming, revelation about the end times, revelation about the whole storyline is being made available to the hungry as at no time in human history. It is the time to get on board with the storyline and dig deep. We're going to go into our time of Q&A now, and I'll do my best to repeat the questions so that those who are joining online can also hear the questions. So, so the, the question is, so now the, the sky is uh, rolled back like a scroll. Uh, is that a fixed 100 mile by you know, 50 mile hole in the sky that then as the world is rotating around, that hole is rotating around? That's kind of the question. Like what, what, is, what is that? Is that more or less the question? Um, well, so I don't know, but I, I'll tell you this. I think that phrase like a scroll, is more significant than we're giving it credit for. And I think that instead of the prophets saying there was a hole in the sky or all the sky went away or something, there's this descriptive quality that you can't do with a sky. You can't roll the sky up. And you certainly can't roll it up like a scroll. So whatever is occurring, I think that phrase, like a scroll, it, it, the way that I've always read that and, and, and looked at it, I think that that is absolutely describing um, a fixed geographical point in the sky. I, I think that there's, like a scroll, has a starting point and a stopping point. I think this sky receding back like one has a starting point and a stopping point. So then, yeah, in theory, it would rotate around uh, as well. My, my, I won't get into it right now, but I, I actually think that where that will be is where the procession starts. Uh, and the procession does not start over Jerusalem. It ends in Jerusalem. So I think that that procession, I think that hole is actually probably going to be somewhere out more towards Mount Sinai, is my opinion. Um, but but I, it, it's going to have a hole in the sky. What does that look like? I guess we're going to have to figure out when we get there. But there's enough that we do know from the book of Revelation and other uh, um, eschatological passages that describe things like you can still see the sun and the moon is doing stuff. Like you, you, so it's not that the entire sky goes away and now this marble called planet Earth left the universe and now it's just up next to heaven somehow. The, everything's still where it was a minute ago because there's a whole lot of Bible passages that describe even the events all the way up to Jesus' actual coming and after Jesus' coming that describe interaction with things like sunsets and the moon 
and other you know, aspects. So I, I think that it's very clearly, though I don't have the details figured out, I think it's very clearly not a all-sky-encompassing reality, but rather that phrase, like a scroll, I think is to help us to indicate starting point and stopping point of whatever this hole in the sky is uh, that's allowing this open vision, but it's real uh, sort of a scenario. So, yeah, great question. Uh, question over here. So uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, points in the end times that have other references, kind of of a like sort but a lesser degree, uh, other places. Is there anything like that with this? I, I, I kind of think this one's different. And I think, I think this one's reserved. It's part of the reason I think it's the sign of the Son of Man. I, I think this one is a reserved moment in human history that... The only type you could even touch on would be those who have had open visions, but it, it was not reality. I mean, they were seeing it. It was real to them. They were seeing through, but it's not like everybody else was seeing it. Like, you know, open visions would be the, the only like type, lesser degree thing I could even point to because this one's so real, all the angry lost dudes see it together. <laughs> and so it's like... So it's not an open vision, it's an actual thing occurring. So I don't, I don't think there's anything like this that I'm aware of um, that would be of a like sort. Um, okay, question over here. So if it's in one location, how does everybody see it? Um, so, uh, and I actually even heard the news reporter thing come up over here. So, uh, so the infrastructure of the earth as we move more into the, uh, the end time judgments, the 21 judgment events, Seven seals, bad. Seven trumpets, horrible. Seven bulls of wrath, worst thing ever. If it lasted a few more days, there'd be nothing left. Seals, trumpets, bulls. We're going to get all the way through the seals, and majority of the infrastructure on the planet is still going to have some version of a semblance of, of operation. When you start getting to the trumpets, let me give you a real good one. When everybody has demon locusts stinging them, no one's showing up to work. Okay. So when you've got the trumpets unfolding, the trumpets are going to mess with the earth's infrastructure in, in, the, in the most dramatic way that we've seen up to that point. But through the seals, there's a measure of the seals that operates even with a level of like, I mean, when you're talking about this stuff, nothing's normal, but the seals are far more normal looking judgments than the trumpets are the bulls are. Okay, the, the seals are War, famine, plague, wild beasts. You start getting a little edgy on that one, you know. But the seals are not going to shake the earth like the trumpets and the bulls will. So, I think there absolutely will be news reporters. <laughs> I think there absolutely will still be internet. There absolutely... Think about this. The whole planet is going to be worshiping the lost... Uh, the, specifically those that take the mark of the beast, they're going to be worshiping the Antichrist, but the Antichrist is only in one place at one time. But there's going to be these localized establishment of these idols called these beast idols that are going to be set up all over the earth, and they're going to have some sort of interconnectivity, and that's no doubt going to require some measure of technology. So I think, very realistically, if there's a giant hole in the sky that's over, if it's at a set point, which maybe it's not at a set point, Maybe the earth is spinning and that set point isn't spinning. So
So maybe it really does allow everybody to see it. It doesn't, I don't know of any verses that give us that much clarity about that point. But if it is a set point, if it is or isn't, the news reporters will be reporting. You better believe the world is going to want to know what is going on there, why is it happening, and what does it mean for us. So it will be the biggest event in human history, and the world will already have gotten really good at telling the world about what's happening, where and what bad things are happening, reporting on World War III, reporting on the Antichrist war about the earth and where things are happening and what's happening in troop formations. There will already be a, a, a dispensing of information system that is operating across the globe in a far more profound way than even what we know now with internet technology and everything else. So by the time you get to the sixth seal, everybody is already going to be really engaged with the fact that the world's going nuts and is going to want to be wanting updates. So whether the whole spins with the earth or the earth spins and the whole does not spin, in either case is going to be the biggest news ever and it's going to be something that is going to be talked about and noised abroad and, uh, and all that. So I, I want to end with two, two other thoughts real quick. Um, one thing that dawned on me as I was wrapping up here is uh, this hole in the sky, and it, just the verse just jumped out at me. I had to go look at it in Revelation chapter 20, uh, rather Revelation chapter 21. It's the end of 21, verse 27. It says, and nothing impure will enter it. And I was just imagining that one guy who decides to get in his plane and go see, you know? And I was just imagining, none of you ain't pure because nothing impure, nothing impure is entering into that city. I just had that thought. And then the second thing was the, uh, the other, the other uh, uh, um, uh, reality that's running, and worship team, you can come on up, whoever that is. The other reality that's running uh, at a similar pace with this is starting in Revelation chapter 9, verse 1, it says the abyss, that's hell, is opened up. And hell isn't closed up until Revelation chapter 20, verse 1 through 3, when the same angel that opens hell recloses hell and throws Satan into it. So for the period of Revelation chapter 9, verse 1, all the way to Revelation chapter 20, verse 1 through 3, hell is open and is visible to the earth. And stuff's coming out of it. Like heaven is open and stuff's coming out of it. I mean, we're going to have a very interesting run here. Uh, you know, and so I just want us to be aware of that. And the last thing, and then we'll uh, transition, is uh, one of the things that I kind of overheard was there seems to be so much with the cosmic disturbances and stuff. We're going to spend a whole session on the light and darkness sequence of the book of Revelation. Because there is lots of sky, you know, open, dark. I mean, Zechariah chapter 14 describes a day that's different than all these. That's a day that's unique where it says at night it's light and, it, and during the day it's dark. It's a day unique to the Lord. It's called the unique day of the Lord. There's all this light and darkness sequence that we'll spend a whole session talking about when the time comes. This concludes this teaching from the prayer room. For more resources or to schedule another TPR teacher to come speak at your church or event, please see our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. Thank you.